Let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. Jeremiah, we have a most unusual statement. We hear the word gad about. You've heard people say about, use it said about a lady. Uh, it's more descriptive, I think, of men than ladies, but ladies usually get the blame for it. Say she is a gad about. Now, that comes from the Bible. Why gaddest thou about so much to change thy ways? Here's what caused the giving of this message in the Bible. God's people, especially his ancient people, had a, had a way about them of wanting to go to other gods in other nations nearby. For example, they would go to um, the go false gods of the Hittites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and others of the heathen nations. Who was the, what was the nation um, uh, where Ahab got Jezebel? Jezebel, her husband's, her father's name was... Uh, yeah, the Zidon, Zidonites, and so forth. The Israelites got the place to where they would slip away. Oh, they'd still adhere to their own religion, and they'd still practice their own ritual, and they'd still believe, as best they could, their own, their own word and their own uh, tenets of their own faith. But <clears throat> they'd get the place where they'd want to examine somebody else's for a while, and uh, they'd want to go to the, and, and enter into some pagan ceremonies with pagan gods and pagan nations surrounding them. And they were bent toward worshiping often the gods of their neighbors. Ahab did this, I mentioned a while ago. Ahab married Jezebel, whose, whose father was the king of the Zidonians. And uh, then it was, uh, you recall how that Solomon, <clears throat> Solomon uh, married strange wives and he worshiped the, the uh, gods of his strange wives. Now, in the second chapter of Jeremiah, God leads Jeremiah to, to, to say something like this, and I'll paraphrase it. Jeremiah is saying, or God is saying to the people through Jeremiah, Look, folks, my people, you don't have to leave me. You don't have to leave your own religion, the true religion of Jehovah, because everything you need is here in me. Anything for which you're looking in Zidon, you'll find more than that in me. Anything which, for which you're looking in, uh, the, in the, from the Hittites, you'll find more than that in me. You don't have to worship Baal. <clears throat> Everything you need, all of it, is wrapped up in me. You need not go outside me for this. Now, this is a philosophy of the Bible. And please listen, beloved members of First Baptist Church. This is a philosophy of the Bible. God wants His people to influence the world for good as long as they can until the line is crossed where the world is so corrupt that it begins to corrupt the people of God when they intermingle with the world rather than aiding the world. You see, there comes a time in the life of a nation when the, the Christian people can no longer influence that nation without being influenced themselves. Now, when that time comes, God says to his people, I want you now to withdraw. I don't mean to go to a South Sea island somewhere. God still wants us to go soul winning. But when, <clears throat> when leadership in strategic places 
gets in the hands of people that get wickeder and wickeder and wickeder. Then God says, I want you to withdraw your children and your families from the wicked influence of the heathen. And I want you to build within society a little society. That's exactly what David did. Don't you recall in the psalm when David said, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You know what had happened? David was living in the courts of Saul. Saul and his courts became so wicked and so vile and so crooked until David had to take God. He said to God's people, okay, now the, the foundations, <clears throat> pardon me, are destroyed. Now, how do we know when we're to withdraw and build our own little society? Simple enough, when the foundations are destroyed. Now, if the roof is destroyed, we can repair the roof. If the walls are destroyed, we can repair the walls. If the foundation is destroyed, you can't build the building back again. So when a nation gets the place to where its foundations have been destroyed, then God says to his people in that nation, Now then, I want you, my people, to build your own little society and find your own little community within. And that's what David did in the courts of Solomon, Saul. David got God's people and he said, Okay, the foundations are destroyed. Now we're going to build our own little society. We're going to have our own little world inside the kingdom of Saul. Did you know that's the philosophy of the rapture? That's the exact philosophy of the rapture. Jesus said, Ye are the salt of the earth. Then he said, Someday the day's time is going to come, when an angel is going to come, and another angel is going to say, Thrust in your sickle, for the earth is already ripe, and the word ripe means rotten. Now what's going to happen when the earth gets that rotten? God's going to say to his own people, Come on out. Come on out. <clears throat> You've been the salt of the earth, but now the earth is so rotten, completely rotten, the salt won't do any good. Now listen, when the salt quits doing any good, God does not want the savor of the salt ruined by the corruptness of the meat if the salt cannot savor the meat. Did you hear what I said now? God says as long as the foundations are not destroyed. That's what this country was built on. That's why this country was built. This country was built by people who tried to savor England and the British Empire. When they failed to savor it and the foundations were destroyed, then they left. They came to the shores of America and they built our nation. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the place in, America's, in our life in America where the foundations are destroyed. I mean, the what is the foundation of our society? Easy. Our public school system. Easy. It is, by the way, it is a God before whom we all bow. And by the way, we even do it in our own Christian schools. And I do not think, listen, I do not think for a second that Hammond Baptist grade school down here is half as important as First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. I do not think for a second at the Hiles Anderson College. Listen, you students that come to Hiles Anderson College, I'd rather you quit college and go to First Baptist Church than go to college and not come to First Baptist Church. Most important about this place around here is the First Baptist Church of Hammond. It's the grandfather of all of it. It's the daddy of all of it. It's the, it's the source of all of it. It's the foundation of all of it. And we've gotten in our, public, in our school, we've gotten where we're... Listen, I was preaching the other night in a certain city. I looked out and couldn't find a teenager.
I mean a big crowd, hundreds and hundreds of people. Building was packed and jammed and folks couldn't get in. I couldn't find the teenager. I couldn't find a child. I found nobody but little bitty children and adults. I stopped the service. And I said, where are the children? Are they having a service in another room? Where are the teenagers? And one of the parents said, well, tomorrow is a school day. And I clouded up and rained all over that place. No, I rained. I lightened and thundered. Tornado and hurricane. I'm sick at my soul of people saying, well, I didn't bring my child to church because tomorrow's a school day. You're an idiot. You are an idiot. You something wrong with you. You've gotten a place to where you've got your priorities all out of socket. Uh, you must stop and realize that the church of Jesus Christ is the big thing. And uh, uh, I know some schools in America where a church is a very nice little thing if you have time to go. And God pitied that kind of... It's not a nice little... The most important institution in this world outside the home. It is the only New Testament institution that our Lord established. It is the institution. It is the marching unit. It is the fighting unit of God's people. And it's to be the biggest thing in our lives. And I said to these people, I said the very idea, the very idea, we are bowing down and worshiping the God of education. No, we won't do it here. I'll burn those schools down before we'll do it here. I'll get out and light a match and burn the whole thing before we make a school more important than this church. And if we have, if it gets to the place where our kids have to have 12 hours sleep a night, we'll just start school at noon every day. But we won't change the church. And we, we won't, and, uh, and by the way, any time that there's an activity at the church, there'll be nothing going on at the school. And that's a standard procedure. Uh, the, 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 if the church has an activity, uh, I was at a school, a church preaching not long ago, and the assistant pastor's daughter came in her cheerleader, cheerleader outfit after the service. And I said, she said, I'm the daughter of assistant pastor. I said, what, were you in the service? No, said our, our church has a high school and we had a basketball game tonight. And I went to the basketball game. It'll be a, listen, they'll be having sub-zero weather in Hades. <clears throat> Before our high school has a basketball game when there's a service going on at First Baptist Church Hammond. And of course our coach feels that way too. I mean he's he's on our that's the kind of coach we hire. That's the kind of folks we have around here. But I'm saying we have gotten a place to where uh, look, the average child, what happens? Gets to bed at seven thirty, eight o'clock, why? Because tomorrow's a school day. Gets up in the morning about six thirty, why? To go to school. Gets home after school for what? So he can study. How long? The time to go to bed so he can get ready, get, get in bed early enough to go to school tomorrow. And the school consumes the life of the child. Now, that's not God's plan. Never was God's plan. It won't be our plan here at First Baptist Church. Never has been. Never has been. Um, uh, the, the, the church is the most important institution. Now then, um, <clears throat> we, have, we, we, we must come to the place where we get our priorities right. And we and our nation, our nation has gotten so corrupt. And so, listen, a little boy came to our Sunday school this morning. Where is, uh, where is the brother who, uh, who had that uh, watch that showed me that watch this morning? Where? Oh, um, how old was that boy? How old? Eleven years old. He had a watch today. You know what kind of watch it was? A sex watch. You know where 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, where the, where the numbers are? You know what was there? Male and female in different positions of sexual intercourse. That's the watch. Have you heard about the T-shirt that's out in our country now? 
they have T-shirts they're putting out across America, a famous man. And now there's one for Richard Speck. They don't make things that don't sell in our country. Our nation's making heroes out of dirty criminals. Our nation is taking the most the things that are sacred and, and, uh, and holy and, and defending them. And by the way, I'm going to show you in a few minutes some other things, too, that will shock you. But that's going on right here in our country. The foundations are destroyed. And so I say tonight, why get about? Don't get about. And I want to call to your attention three things. In the first place, you don't have to get about anymore to have your fun. You can have it all right here. All right here. That's get about. Why? <clears throat> How did it? Why? Because practically everything, everything the world offers for fun is corrupted by illicit sex, filth, drinking, all the rest of it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the day has come where we're just... You, you mean you're going to just shelter your kids? Yep, that's right. You hit it just exactly right, and I'm sick and tired of that kind of, that kind of talk anyhow. Well, of course kids are supposed to be sheltered. Well, what's he going to do when they get out in the world? We don't aim for them to go out in the world. There's some parents tonight in this room that are sweet as pie. I love you dearly, but as sure as I'm standing behind this pulpit, you're going you're to rear kids that are going to break your heart one of these days. You no longer, brother, can straddle the fence. I mean, the, the gap <clears throat> is so long, so wide between the world and God's Word that as you said in Texas, you'll get to splits if you try to straddle it. Now, you just will. You just can't do it anymore. And uh, some of you, and, and I, I'm not mad at you. I'm, I, I bet, I'd, listen, I'd, I'd get on my knees if, if it do any good. I'd plead with you if it do any good. Some of the finest folks we have in this room tonight, we have parents who say to their children, you cannot go soul winning. Now, in God's name, what in the world is the Great Commission all about? We have parents in this church, good people. What? And I, don't, I love them, and I hope they'll stay in our church forever, and I'll love them forever. But I'm simply saying, uh, they say, you can't go to church activities. Go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, no church activities. Now, moms and dads, may I say this? The time has come when we're going to have to quit gadding about for our fun. Take, for example, the matter of television. There was a, day, there was a time when a family could sit at home at night and watch pretty decent television programs. Our Miss Brooks, Andy Griffith, God bless old Gomer Pyle. <clears throat> I can see him now. I'll get him, Andy. I'll get him. God bless him. <laughs> but uh, but uh, now I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I know, I know, I, I'm, never, I'm never at a television set during the prime time hours, but people tell me what's going on, and I read the reviews of these programs, and it's gotten to the place now to where you can hardly find a decent television program at night on television. Now, you saw, it's almost impossible. Why? The foundations have been destroyed. Dirty, sex-crazed promiscuous, lascivious society. Right over here at the University of Chicago, they had a lascivious ball. You heard me on the broadcast. Say a few words about it. Lascivious ball had 40 men, pardon me, 40 males and 6 females swimming in the nude in the basement swimming pool at University of Chicago. I got the paper. One of our men brought it to me. The paper had a picture in the paper of a woman who had overalls on 
and nothing else, and the bib like this, and her breast sticking out on either side of the bib, and she was at the party dressed that way. And there was a man, a male, pardon me, not a man, dirty, yellow-bellied coward's what he is, not a man, not a man. There was a male who was shown in the University of Chicago paper, stripped naked from the front, his picture in the paper. He said, I don't like that kind of frank preaching, and you what's wrong with this country, too. Yeah, how in the world are we going to get the news? How are we going to tell the people what's going on if we don't tell them what's going on? That's a great statement, isn't it? That'll go down in history with give me liberty or give me death. Yeah, see, what you do, you get mad at a preacher that's trying to fight that kind of stuff. You ought to get mad at the dirty crowd that puts it in the newspaper. I mean, you, you, you don't get mad at somebody ruining our country. You say, oh, don't be that, that vulgar in the pulpit. You check the Bible sometimes and see what the prophets of God said in public. I'm simply saying that our, our, our television programs, there was a day when you could take your family to a ball game. And, and I, uh, I still like, I'd like, I don't ever go to one, but I still like to go to a ball game. Except right out here at Sox, White Sox Park on opening day. They had male and female streakers running all over the place, in the stands and on the field, while policemen stand there and watch them. I'm simply saying, folks, we have come to the place where we're going to have to realize we don't need to get about for our fun. Let's have our fun right here. And we can have it right here. We can have it. Uh, such organizations, and I, I know this, this is sacred to some of you, such organizations as the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts have gotten to place now to where we cannot, as God's people, let our boys and girls spend time there. Sorry. The Boy Scouts, several years ago, right here in the city of Hammond, had a party, and they had uh, napkins at every place, and on those napkins they advertised liquor. Boy Scouts. Now, I was a Boy Scout, and trustworthy, loyal, faithful, and all that kind of stuff. So, Troop 107. Fire Station, Dallas, Texas. Mr. Davis is my scoutmaster. I'll never forget the day when I got my first scout uniform. You never saw prettier legs in your life, and I, mine were in those short breeches that I wore. Man, I had that, and those hats used to have uh, three uh, big, big wide brim under here, little short breeches on, and man alive, you talk about a good-looking guy. I thought the whole world was watching me as I walked down the street that day. I used to be a Boy Scout. But we had prayer meeting at our Boy Scout. By the way, nowadays, the, the girl's trying to get in the Boy Scout. Isn't that dumb? I mean, really? Really? Yeah. Revolt my rights. One of these days when our ladies' ensembles are singing, I'm going to get up and sing with them. <laughs> well, they're, they're, what do you call the word? Discriminating against me. And if I sang with them, I'd be discriminating against music, too, I'm sure. Now, let me say this. Moms and dads, listen to me. I, I know I'll make some of you mad. I don't want to, but I'm willing to, to tell you what I believe. You better get your kids these youth activities. <clears throat> and I want to make this very plain. There's not, a young, there's not a youth program in America that compares to the youth program of First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. Not a one. Not a one. A lot of you parents are going to rue the day that you let your kids have their fun outside the church. 
Now look, we have in our youth program here, we have, we have a soul winning every Saturday night. We have an activity once a week, unless our school has a ball game or something. We, we, uh, but we, even then, we go, go to the ball game. We have an activity once a week for our kids. <clears throat> on <clears throat> on uh, Thursday night, we have this organization that teaches our girls how to sit and stand and dress and how to, how to be ladies, and that's so vital and so important. We have uh, for, for boys that teach them how to be men. Dave said the other day, asked for my approval about something. I think one of the most tremendous ideas I've ever heard about. All of us know we have good athletes that play in our, on our high school football, uh, basketball team and, and, uh, and uh, baseball team and soccer team and so forth and wrestling team. All of us know that. But you know there are a lot of boys that don't play ball as well as others. Did you know that, I, that, that, that Brother Dave is starting a program this summer where every Monday and Tuesday boys can come who can't play perhaps as good as the first team at the college, and they're going to have their own chance. And boy, there, there are all kinds of little fellows that were sick when they were smaller. Now they're teenagers. They didn't learn how to play ball. And they're good guys. They throw the ball like that, and they catch it like that. And uh, you know, and, uh, and we're going to have a chance for those boys to come out that, that were not well enough to learn before. We're going to, have to give, and we're going to teach them how to be men and how to play ball and how to coordinate their bodies and how to protect themselves. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful that we have something like that here? I'm saying we don't have to let our kids go to hell anymore if we're willing to quit getting about. You don't have to get a, you don't have to borrow from Hollywood to have fun. We have more fun here than uh, Sammy Davis Jr. ever has. We have more fun here than I don't even know the names. The last time I went to a picture show, Tom Mix was the star. And Betty Harlow was the was 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 the the female star. Abbott uh, Abbott and Costello were running the thing back in those days. And Moses was on Mount Sinai, I think. <laughs> and uh, Abraham Lincoln was president. But uh, but but I, I'm simply saying that we don't have to listen. You don't have to borrow from Hollywood to have fun. We have listen. We have more fun. We have more humor. Jim Vineyard, he's not here tonight, but Jim Vineyard. Well, that fellow's a bigger, uh, he, he's a bigger nut than, I'm trying to think of some Hollywood, uh, what's, what's the name of some Hollywood comedian? Uh, Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett. Vineyard's a bigger nut than Buddy Hackett. I saw Buddy Hackett, and he just didn't hack it the night I saw him, but I, I, I saw him uh, one time interviewed on uh, some program, and he tried to be funny. Uh, we have more fun. We have more things planned. We have a better program than Hollywood has. You don't have to gad about anymore to rear your kids. Let them have their fun at church. You sit with the house. You're gonna put, what, what you going to do? Let the world go to hell? Sorry, the world's already going to hell, brother. Well, you say, what are you going to do to try to save this whole world? We're going to use God's plan, go house to house, knock on doors, and go to public places, win souls. And we're getting more people saved out of this world than all the folks in the world that are going out drinking with them to try to keep them from drinking. So how are you going to win them if you don't become one of them? Now, let me say this. God never intended for you to play cards with a card player to win him to Jesus. God never intended for you to get drunk with a drunkard to win him to Jesus. God never intended for you to join the lodge with a lodge member to win him to Jesus. God never intended for you to go smoking with a smoker to win him to Jesus. God intended for you to use his plan, and that's daily in the temple and every house, ceasing not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. But there's a second thing I want to say tonight, and that is you don't have to get about for your welfare and for your helping the poor. I know I'm on check the dangerous ground, but do you know that there was a day when you could give to the to the uh, Red Cross, and you could, you could rest assured that the, the money would be used right. 
Nowadays, they come around with this United Fund. I wouldn't give a dime to it. I wouldn't give a dime to it. I wouldn't give a dime to it. If my life depended on it, if I lost my job, if I got put in jail, I wouldn't give a dime to it. Not a dime. Why? I'll tell you why. In the first place, you're supporting Catholic canteens where they dance and smoke. You're supporting that they take that money and send it to to every kind of a of a of a youth canteen with nothing but a second-rate nightclub, and you support that and many other things that is rotten as the devil that inspired it. And I'm not going to do it. I'm simply saying the time has come. You're going to have to take care of your welfare here. You have to gather about anymore. Now let me say this: We've built a work here. God's built a work here, and we've set up enough programs here. Where if you want to do anything for somebody that's poor or in need, you can do it right here in your church better than you can do it anywhere in the whole world. Every once in a while, some liberal preacher makes a statement about First Baptist Church. There's no such thing as a liberal preacher. They're not preachers if they're liberal. <coughs> but some liberal, I thought I'd say reverend, and that's not right either, a liberal imposter will... Uh, will stand up and say, well, oh, First Baptist Church is just interested in getting people saved. They're not interested in the social work. Listen, we do more social work accidentally than they do on purpose. I challenge, I have a standard challenge. I'll challenge the Hammond Ministerial Association to add up. Now, everybody listen to me tonight. Everybody in the back, in the front, and everywhere else. I challenge the Hammond Ministerial Association to add up all the things they do for social betterment and list it and compare it with what we do for social betterment and publish it in the newspaper. We operate a full-time rescue mission for fallen men. <clears throat> we have a clothing room. We have uh, three meals a day served at the rescue mission. We have a dormitory where men can stay who are in trouble. We have... Hundreds this morning had 150 retarded teenagers and adults in our program for the retarded. We have a ministry to the retarded little children, a ministry to the blind, a ministry to the deaf, ministry to the poor, food room, clothing room, Spanish ministry to Spanish-speaking people. And we reach thousands of little ghetto boys and girls on our buses every week of this world. This morning I was walking down the hallway and they're having, they had a, some ice cream sundaes in some department. And uh, I saw a couple of bus kids looking at them. Their eyes got as big as silver dollars. And down there, one of them had slobber, slobbing, uh, saliva uh, uh, coming down his chin. And all three of us stood there and saliva right there and watched those. And... Uh, and I said, thank God, those poor little kid probably never had an ice cream sundae in his life unless somebody at First Baptist Church gave it to him. I was thinking, don't you think you're bribing kids to come to Sunday school? <clears throat> I'd be glad to feed a kid that's hungry or give a kid a little excitement that never had it before and a little enjoyment he never had before. And not to get him to come to Sunday school, I'd buy him an ice cream sundae if I saw him on the street. You see, these people that criticize us, that's, that's the reason they'd do it if they gave out ice cream sundaes. But it so happens that our people give out ice cream sundaes all the time. I was down in Florida not long ago and bought 50 kids ice cream cones. And didn't count them either as our, our Sunday school attendants. <laughs> you see, the honest truth is, you don't have to get about it anymore. Right here in your church, 
you can help more poor people, feed more hungry people, uh, help more people with social problems and so forth than anywhere in the whole world. But how, how about, what are, you doing, what, what are you doing for the dope addicts? Preaching the gospel to them, getting them born again. We've got more folks been saved from dope in this church, and you've got all the rest of the churches in town put together. By the way, we have more dopes here than all the rest of the churches in town put together, too. What this country needs, brothers, is the old-time gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what this country needs. You have to get about it. It's right here. Let me say this. A dollar invested in the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, will get you more eternal dividends and, and, and when you go to heaven than any other single investment I know of in the world today. Russell Anderson told me, he said, and he'll hear this on tape, he said, Dr. Hiles, he said, I believe this with all my heart, that one dollar invested in the ministry of First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, is the best spiritual investment in the, in the world today. You don't have to get about. You can put your tithes and offerings right here where they ought to be and invest in the work of the Lord here. And I come down to say the third thing, and that is you don't have to get about anymore to educate your children. Now, I'll say it again. Brother, you don't have to believe it, but the public school system is gone. Well, you said it's going to get better. Would you pray tell me how it's going to get better? Have you checked to see where the school teachers of the next generation are coming from? Have you been to any of these universities? Have you walked down the halls of these universities? Have you? Do you know where the next generation teachers are coming from? From these hotbeds. And by the way, I'm, when I say hotbeds of communism, I mean state universities. I'd rather my girls and my son never learn to read and write than to get an education in a place that will break down their faith in the Bible, where boys and girls share dormitory apartments and rooms, and where communists are allowed to come and lecture, and where they, right down here at, uh, at Indiana, state, Indiana State University, a fellow fired, why? Reading the Bible in his class. There was a day when every classroom in America read the Bible. He said, I believe in separation of church and state. That, that I do too, but I don't believe in separation of God, uh, uh, God and state. And our founding fathers never intended for that. Never. Now, I'm saying this. The time has come when if we're going to have to educate our own kids. Listen, let me show you something. I hold in my hand a newspaper of a school. A high school. Not in Berkeley. Not in Los Angeles. But in this area here. A few miles where I stand right now. Now get ready for it. Here's the front of it. One, two, three, four, five, six naked men on the front. There it is, choir. Okay. At the top, a naked woman lying down. Let me say let me say this now. Every high school, unless they have a decent principal or superintendent, in this whole country is going the same philosophy. All these people go to the same conventions. They go to the same teacher seminars. The philosophy of free sex, the philosophy of permissiveness, permeates our entire educational system from the lowest grade school teacher to the highest college professor. All right, I'll, I'll in, invert that. Now, this is a high school newspaper. Here's a man naked up here in the corner. And, it, and the, the title of it is Announcing... The best dressed rock group in America. 
It has <clears throat> it has a, a, a man and woman, the, the figures, uh, silhouettes, unclothed, kissing each other and embracing right here. It has a naked woman lying down at the top with her breast showing. It has decks of cards all over it. it has a book over here called Sex Slave. It has a word down at the bottom that just says sex. It has at the top adult bookstore. It has a needle, a dope needle. It has liquor. Now, that's right here in this area. You say, Brother Hiles, aren't you afraid for your life? Listen, I'd rather die fighting this kind of hellish stuff than live and be a coward. But I'm not through yet. In case you're not enjoying it, you're not going to enjoy some more. <clears throat> there is an article on the back called Pornography. Pornography. Perversion or pleasure. I'm going to read part of it to you. When, with his lily-white lance and virtuous indignation, Lord Porn rides again, charging on his pure steed, challenging evil pornography. Lord Porn is the nickname given to Lord Francis uh, Packingham, Earl of Langford, member of Britain's House of Lords, and leader of an anti-pornography investigating committee. Lord Langford's book, Pornography, the Langford Report, a 500 page, pages that say, in essence, porno is bad. The 66-year-old champion of purity advocates stiff sentences to sex, uh, sexplicit offenders. Lord Langford and his committee did extensive research on the subject, causing considerable controversy in Britain, or as the repercussions have been called, much ado about smut. Pornography has long been a taboo subject, but it's come out of its brown paper wrappings, and the pros and cons are, are passionate, each to his own perspective causes. And it goes on the entire article in a high school newspaper advocating pornography and satirizing anybody that's, that's uh, against pornography. There it is. By the way, you say, well, I don't believe that. You don't have to believe it, but it's true whether you believe it or not. Now, you can stick your head in the sand like an ostrich all you want to, but it's time you got your kids out of these, some of these hellish high schools and grade schools and got them in an old-fashioned school that teaches this book and believes this book and honors God and teaches decency and patriotism and virtue and the old-fashioned standards on which this country was built. The foundations are being destroyed. The righteous are going to have to do something and do it right quick like. Then uh, it has a picture of uh, Venus de Milo uh, with her breast covered with black and called Venus de Porno. And, uh, and uh, has an article about Planned Parenthood Council. It has um, uh, an article satirizing a people that, are, uh, that criticize too much sex. And uh, it has, uh, let's see, an article uh, on the back. Which says, let's face it, now listen to this. This is what the high school kids are getting in this area, at least one school. Several articles in this issue may be objectionable to some st students and adults. Although the subject matter is somewhat controversial, uh, this is a school newspaper written by teenagers, for teenagers, and, and we attempt to deal with the concern of teenagers. Adults may think things were not like that when they were in the school. I get this. The student, uh, this is the crowd admitting it, but time changes Situations in today's high schools, including ours, have changed in recent years. You won't believe it, but they admit it. You won't say it, but they admit it. They say it's shame. Now, let's read what else it says. <clears throat> and refusing to recognize current trends, for better or for worse, is refusing to accept reality. Ignoring the issues, drug abuse, premarital sex, teenage marriage, and others will not make them go away. 
of fixing the blame for conditions we don't we, uh, we don't approve and will not solve will not solve the problems. We suggest that parents, teachers, and students in the community have the courage to face the issues, not fight the issues, face them, and seek solutions which will help to close the generation gap. You know what? You know by the way that closing the generation gap is not the young folks going back to old time standards. Like previous younger generations, today's teenagers want direction and understanding. Well, come to Hammond Baptist High School and you'll get it. Come to Howells Anderson College and you'll get it. I dare some kid to write this and put it in one of our school newspapers. I double-dog dare you. I mean, listen, you'll be on the next uh, rocket to the moon. I'll tell you, you, you won't be in orbit. You'll be in orbit before, before we get through with you. He said, you sound like you're a dictator. Boy, you are so articulate in expressing your view, the views. There was a day when moms and dads were dictators. He said, don't you believe in open, open minds? Nope. Not when it comes to right and wrong. Not when it comes to Ten Commandments. Not when it comes to drinking and, and, uh, and narcotics and, uh, and when it comes to premarital sex and when it comes to lasciviousness and porn. No, I, I'm not open-minded about this dirty hellhole over here on State Street that has a, 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 a female with, a, with no top on, uh, shining shoes for $3 a shine. I'm close-minded about that. Yeah, you say you're bigoted. Yes, I am. Bigoted as I can be. And I'm also bigoted against you folks who are not bigoted about it, too. And by the way, if you case you're, case you're worried about the word bigot, you happen to be the biggest bigot in the country. You're more bigoted against me than I am against that adult bookstore. There's more bigotry in this country against the fundamentalist by the so-called non-bigots than all the so-called bigots have put together. I'm bigoted against a dirty Calumet Theater down here that shows these sex-rated movies. I'm bigoted against it. I'm bigoted against the high school in, in, uh, in Lansing that let the dirty Hugh Hefner uh, bunnies, um, what do they call them, Playboy bunnies, come out and strut their stuff in the ba basketball game at local high school. He says, I don't like your preaching. I don't like your dirty living either. I don't like your dirty mind. You say, you got a dirty mind. There's not a, sing, not, a, not a normal young man in America who can watch the Playboy bunnies play basketball and shake their bodies all around 75% or 90% nude. Not a normal American boy in this country, who can, or man either, by the way, who can watch that without having dirty thoughts in his mind. We say, I don't. Go to the doctor. I don't like your preaching. I know your kind usually don't. And by the way, if your kind did, I'd hit your mourner's bench and get right with God tonight. I don't like your schools. Love it then. You won't find a happier student body in the world than you'll find Hiles Anderson College. You won't. You won't. They like it that way. They have authority, they have adult leadership, they have administration that runs a school, and the girls are not going to run around in, in, in shorts on our campus, and boys are going to get haircuts and look like men, not a bunch of sissies, and we're going to have men who are men and girls who are girls and ladies who are ladies, and the males who are males, and we're going to let the boys look like men and the girls look like ladies. We're going to have respect for authority. We're going to have decency and discipline. We're not going to have a liquor bottle or dope or a streaker. We're not going to have it. We'll burn the place over there. We will. We will. You sound like that shouting. Your kind usually don't. There it is. <clears throat> there it is. 
You know why I'm preaching like this? I'll tell you why. I'm preaching like this for those little babies that are sleeping in the nursery right now. If I can preach this hard now, I won't be too far gone when they become teenagers. Very often a couple comes by my office last, last week. God bless a sweet couple in our church. Stayed in line after the service Sunday night, I guess it was. I, I know they stayed in line 45 minutes and waited to see me and waited and waited and waited and waited. And I was unusually tired. And I was just thinking, I wish I had some fresh orange juice, something but between appointments. And this couple came in, and they said, Brother House, we, we don't have any problem. We just waited in line all this time to tell you we'd love you. And they gave me a sack, and it was a big jar of fresh orange juice, and I drank it while I talked to them. And then they began to tremble their lips, and they said, Brother Hiles, they pointed to a little child beside them, and they said, We thank God we have a place like this where our child can grow up and hear this kind of preaching. And I'll tell you what, I'll die. I'll die! I'll die! Before I let those little boys and girls, the ones that sit down here on the front, and those little kids, without them, growing up under a preacher in a church that stands against this kind of dirt and filth and rot and garbage. And let me say this, brother, if we don't have some preachers that stand against, this, this, this crowd's going to take over. That's all. You say, brother, how's you being critical? You read this and you'll find the dirtiest satire you'll find in the world against decency. That isn't all. That isn't all. Listen to this. Here are some ex- excerpts of a two-part article in a high, another high school, not the same one that put out this, another high school, in an article entitled, Available Aids to Control Surprise Pregnancies. Birth control methods, it says here, birth control methods are available for the high school students. Did you ever think it'd come to that? This is not in Berkeley. This is not in Greenwich Village. It's right here in our area. And you know what they'll do? They'll criticize us. And they'll say, you're the, you're, you're, the, you're the reason for all these illegitimate babies. No, sir, we're not. You listen to what we preach and you wouldn't have them. They'll blame us. Yeah, you fundamentalists that don't believe in giving our high school kids birth control uh, devices and so forth. You're what's causing it. No, sir. It's you anti-Bible, anti-Christ, permissive uh, people that are causing this kind of trouble in our country. Let me tell you something else, too. You may not believe this, but there are decent people in most all denominations that are rallying. I got, I got two letters last week from Catholics in this area saying, we're right behind you all the way. There are still some decent people left in this country. Do you know? <clears throat> do you know? We started a high school four years ago, next September. Did you know since our high school has started... We had the only Christian high school, now I mean fundamental, soul-winning Christian high school that, that, that had culture and scholarship, according to this book, and convictions, and required haircuts, and, and, and outlawed miniskirts, and indecent dress. Well, listen, we had the only one within miles and miles and miles and miles of here. Now then, <coughs> from our high school influence... There's one over here in Chicago now at the, uh, what's the name of that church? No, no, no. Marquette Manor Church has, has a high school. And Dr. Schroeder has one over here in Oak Forest. And there's one over here in Chesterton. And there's one out here, uh, the, oh, the building that we sold, or our GERB friends. Do you know we now have enough Christian high schools in this area to where we, we are starting a 10 conference? Now, I don't mean Christian in name. I don't mean Christian where you can't tell the difference. 
I don't mean Christian with a curse and, and, and don't have respect for authority. I mean fundamental, Bible preaching, soul winning, Christian high schools that have the same standards we have at First Baptist Church. There are enough of them in this area now. We have started a 10-school athletic conference. <laughs> yeah. And now we can go to basketball games without seeing a burlesque show at halftime. You don't like that kind of preaching? That shows your need of it. Here it is. <clears throat> Contraceptives. Available. Yes, this now. Excuses for not using contraceptives have ranged from, quote, too expensive to, quote, too much trouble. But so many of these persons don't realize what really is available. High school. Keep on sending your kids there. And, and, and let me say this. You're the loser. You're the loser. You're the loser. Don't get about. You don't have to get about anymore. Listen to this. In another high school, <clears throat> now get this now, this is not the one that put out this paper. It is not the one that has the free contraceptives that we know about. But a third one in the high school paper, much space was recently taken up with the popular sport of streaking. Now get this, with two columns. One asking where you would like to streak and the other asking who you would like to see streak. In other words, where would you like to go naked? And who in the school would you rather see naked? Now, you say, Brother Hiles, by the way, let me just read this. A very serious article by Bart Barnes of the Washington Post. Quote, scores <clears throat> on two major college admissions, get this now, and placement tests, SAT and ACT. For the nation's high school seniors have dropped steadily and significantly over the past decade. According to the test sponsor, the College Entrance Examination Board and American College Testing Program, while unable to account fully for the drop, officials of the two testing agencies offered a variety of theories, including were cha was changes in high school curricula over the past decade to include more non-traditional courses, the article went on to quote a doubting educator as saying, the most immediate conclusion that people are drawing is that students are being less adequately prepared. In addition, Mr. Monday suggested more students who have not, not had traditional college preparatory programs in high school are in the testing pool now than, than was the case a year ago. A survey by the Harris Survey Poll, pollsters, found in 1971, get this now, close to 19 million Americans over the age of 16 had difficulty coping with minimum measures of literacy, such as application forms. The Pacific Telephone and Telegraph Company annually interviews tens of thousands of high school graduates for jobs. Forty percent apply, who apply fail because they can't read or write at the eighth grade level. It, you, know, you know what I want to do when folks say that Hammond Baptist High School has an inferior education? I want to go... Ha, 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 ha. I dare you to let our kids take a test with yours. Publish it in the newspaper. I told a reporter that. Never got an answer. The honest, simple truth is there's more to it than just decency. The, the honest, listen, any idiot can get a diploma from my high school. A man who's the head of a school board in this area told me we wouldn't fail anybody. What he said. We wouldn't fail anybody. Really makes a diploma 
something to be proud of, doesn't it? Here you are, made straight A's, getting your diploma, and some other guy says, I'm going to marry too. <laughs> yeah, you got married diploma, yeah. You let one fellow streak one time, he'll never get a problem having Baptist. I don't care if he's a valedictorian. Now, I'm simply saying that the time has come when God's people are going to have to look this thing square in the eye and realize we better not get about to educate our kids. So I can't afford it. You can't afford not to do it. You can't afford not to do it. Listen to this. When American youngsters are compared with the youth of nine European foreign countries on a standard score basis, American 14-year-olds showed up next to last. And you say, well, if my kid gets to high school, I'm going to put him in a Christian school. It, it'll be too late then. When your kid starts to school, he ought to be in a Christian school. Say, why? Well, since you asked me, I'll tell you. <clears throat> First place, you put a child in, in, a, in a school system with, 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 a, with a government schools and let him grow up with, with children whose parents drink and curse and are part of this permissive society. When that, do you think that child's going to all of a sudden want to change his friends when he's 13? He, he will already be worldly-oriented. You say, Brother Howard, you sound like this world is going to the devil. That's exactly what I'm trying to put over. And I'm not willing to sacrifice our kids on the altar of trying to be the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. And, brother, we're doing more to savor this town than all the other churches in town that, that, that let their kids run with the pagan crowd. You don't listen. You don't hear what I hear. You don't hear what I hear. You don't see the parents come to my office with broken hearts. And say, Brother Howard, I wish I'd listened to you. And 90% of you who are not liking what I'm saying right now are going to have your hearts broken one of these days. Another reason why your child ought to be in a Christian school while he's young, I mean first grade, I mean kindergarten, is the example of the teachers. All of our teachers go soul winning every week. All of our teachers believe in this book. All of our teachers are sweet, dedicated Christian people. I wish you knew some of the teachers that we're going to recommend to our deacon board to employ for next year. I talked to a lieutenant in the Air Force Tuesday afternoon in Oklahoma City. He flew all the way from El Paso. Has his uh, bachelor's degree from Houghton College and his master's from Colgate University. But he's fed up. He's applying for the job of teaching mathematics in our high school. As far as I know, as far as I know, The last report I got, Bruce and Donna Johnson are coming home. And if I understand it correctly, Bruce Johnson is going to apply for a teaching position in our high school. Now, you won't find better folks than we have. You just won't do it. Bruce Johnson's a graduate, an engineering graduate in Purdue University. Now, you just won't find better folks than we have. I don't care. Listen, you, you take the kids right down here at Little Hammond Baptist High School. 
and you grade, you, you compare the grades and the, and the pr and progress of those kids with any kids on a corresponding level in this whole area, any public school system, and I, I, I'll guarantee you there'll be at least one year ahead of them and probably more. And we have little kids in the first grade can read faster than sixth graders in public schools. Who was it told me that Mrs. Mrs. Uh, uh, Billings, where are you? Robert Billings, Sr. Where are you? Who, who's, who's that top reader in your class in the first grade? Michelle Day. How many words can Michelle Day read a minute? 130 words a minute. Tell what you do. You try it. Now, listen, you sit there and don't face reality all you want to. We have kids in the first grade can read the Bible, right? And kindergarten, I guess, to do. Miss, Miss, uh, Mrs. Uh, Delano, where are you? Uh, uh, you teach kindergarten, right? Do you have any kids can read the Bible? How many words a minute can some of your kids read? 85, 90 words a minute. Five years old kindergarten. Well, the fifth kind of words can you read a minute? Ten. I know what you're saying. Yeah, they use a phonic system only. You don't know. You don't know. You haven't been there. And if you say that, you don't know. Because it's not true. It's not true. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Listen, some of you folks are subscribed to a worldly system of education. You're dedicated to it. And the Bible, my Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. A man loved the world. Well, that doesn't mean liquor. That doesn't mean taverns. The word world is cosmos, which means world set up, world system. Now, you listen to me. America is today another Sweden. The dirty, permissive society has landed on our shores and has taken on. In the De Chicago Daily News today, somebody told me. Who told me that? You did. Three pictures of nude women in the Chicago Daily News today. Yesterday. Yesterday. Now, don't you fellows go out and start subscribing to that. I'm simply saying, I, it's gone. The day is going to... The day is almost here when we're going to have to start our own newspapers. It's almost here. It's almost here. If I had $100,000 tonight, I could buy a television channel in Chicago area. It's one for sale. They want to sell it to us. If I had $100,000, I could buy it. The day's going to come if we watch television. We've got to put on our own. Why else should your child go to... I uh, what? Because the source of the educational system is coming from the dirty state universities. And I say dirty, and if you, don't believe, if you don't like it, I'm sorry, I still believe it. I spoke on a college campus about, oh, six months ago. I've done it before. At a state university. And by the way, at some so-called Christian universities the same way. A so-called state university <clears throat> spoke on the campus at <clears throat> a Sunday school convention. They, they rented big auditorium. And I stood in the hall and looked. Look, did you know if you ever have a day off and want to take your kid somewhere, and you've seen the Lincoln Park Zoo, what's the zoo? Brookfield Zoo. Try a state university next. Parents. You don't have to believe me, but I know what I'm talking about. Whatever you got to do, you got to sell the car, mortgage it again, sell the television set, moonlight, wife's got to take in ironing, 
whatever you got to do, you get your children in a Christian school. Now, let me say this. If you knew, if you knew the guff that I'll get and the criticism I'll get for this sermon tonight, you would appreciate what I'm telling you and you would try to heed what I'm preaching. If you knew the letters I'll get this week and the phone calls I'll get this week, if you knew the people that'll, that'll get on their telephones and, and, and if you knew what they'll say. I mean, folks, in this room tonight, I'm not preaching to an all-friendly crowd tonight. And by the way, this, this, this sermon is on tape, and my tapes go around the world. Got a letter the other day from Mrs. Alden Dark the wife of the manager of the Oakland Athletics. She said, Alvin and I hear your sermons every... They get my tapes. Alvin Dark and I, Oakland Athletics, hear me preach now. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, you fellas get your hair cut, all you Oakland. <laughs> now, what am I saying? I'm... <laughs> now I'm in trouble. I'm saying that the, it'll go all over the country, all over the country. But I'm willing to live or die by it, and I'm willing to be a nut and a fool. And if I can be a nut and a fool for it, you can get your kids in a decent school for it. If I can stand up here and make enemies and make folks hate me and make people leave our church over it, the least you can do is obey the command of God when, it, when the Lord admonishes us, don't get it out! You don't have to borrow from the, borrow from the heathen nations. Right here in First Baptist Church, we have a community, a little... <laughs> neighborhood all its own, which means from the time our kids are born and placed in that nursery there in that one little room, and everybody goes by, goochie, goochie, goo. From that time until the time that we stand at the altar and pronounce them husband and wife, we have a system and a setup where we can, you say, shelter them? Yep, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And by the way, I think you ought to be sheltered from indecency, too. So you just be a bunch of sheltered children, right? And adults. And adults. Well, how If you saw what I saw, what crowd are you running with? Now, the honest truth is, many, many of you parents ought to get on the telephone tomorrow morning. And you ought to call Hammond Baptist Grade School or Baptist City Grade School, or Hammond Baptist High School. And you ought to talk to the principals, and you ought to tell them, I've decided to do it. The foundations are destroyed. They are. You say, Preacher, do you know what folks think about you? I am only interested about what one person thinks about me. And by the way, he agrees with what I've said tonight. He agrees. And if ten years ago, if ten years ago, all of a sudden... This, this paper had come out. Everybody in this room had been shocked. But the devil has come slow. Thank you for listening. And if you like this, please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.